0: Amen. Why don't we just thank the, the band who've, who've been ministering for us this morning. Thank you, guys. Beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Well, just let me say welcome. My name's Steve. I'm part of the, the leadership team here. Welcome to Baptism Sunday. Uh, if you're a guest here, welcome. If you're with us online, you're really welcome. Uh, you're very special to us as well. Please do keep in touch. Send us messages. You can you can pop us an email right now, hello at lovecrawley.co.uk. We'd love to hear more about what's going on in your life and how we can pray with you. If you're here in the room, please fill in one of our Connect cards if you're a, a guest today so we can keep in touch, let you know what's, what's going on. I think we've got our next Connect lunch for those looking at finding out more about joining the church in the middle of October. Um, we had a beautiful evening last night with, I don't know, 25 or so of our Iranian community, a lovely meal down in the, in the cafe. It was good food. I didn't need my breakfast this morning. Uh, they give me double portions. It's lovely. Uh, it just, it's so lovely to be part of a church that's giving and serving in so many ways. And uh, this morning as well, we welcome uh, Sunil and Sita from Kathmandu. Arrived yesterday. Welcome, guys. Yeah. He's the guy wearing the best hat in church today. Uh, I've got mine in the car, but I only wear it on sunny days. Um, uh, Josh Biggs, who's a very precious part of this church family who's living and working in Kathmandu right now. But we operate an exchange policy. So we send Josh, and there are two amazing people that come back this way. So you're very welcome. Please please make yourselves known to them. Welcome them uh, as we pray and drink tea and coffee and all that kind of stuff later. So good to be baptizing more new believers today. We're at the start of another new academic year. If you're a a guest here with those who are being baptized, hey, thank you for for being with us. Uh, We want you to feel very at home. Please don't be nervous if you don't know what to say or when to stand up or sit down. You can relax and make yourselves at home. I'm just going to preach for a few minutes and then we're going to get on with the the baptisms. We've got four more today. Some who've grown up in Christian homes but have taken a decision for themselves to follow Jesus uh, and, and some who maybe like one or two of you in here today just came to church two, three, four months ago uh, and, and began and made a decision to say, I, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life and began to follow him. So we've got a mix of that. We'll hear their stories this morning. It's lovely. We're going to baptize uh, Davide. He's one of the four. And uh, Livio, his, his dad and Davide were telling me earlier that it's 51 years ago on this date that Livio's mum was baptized. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's like some amazing God coincidence. So... Who knows, in a, in a family, someone gets baptized and a whole heritage begins to change. We, we preached earlier in the year, that, that dynasty series, looking at the legacy of, of church family life that we're looking to grow and build here. And, wow, 51 years ago, a lady made a decision to be baptized and follow Jesus. Now her grandson's getting baptized. Praise God. Anyway, I've got a sermon to preach. And uh, did I have, what did I do with that little uh, clicker thing? Did I leave that over there, Kaz? Is it on the seat somewhere? Have I put it down somewhere? Um, oh, there we are. Thank you so much beautiful. We're in this, uh, again, if you're new to us, we're in a, in a little vision series. We're looking at the kind of church that we are, but we're leaning into becoming more of uh, in, the, in the years ahead. If you want to kind of catch up on the context, you can watch again on, on YouTube or listen again on SoundCloud to the, the context over the last few weeks. Um, but we've been thinking and praying a lot about what does this local church look like into the, into the 2030s? We're carrying the same kingdom mission of Jesus that churches have always carried. Uh, and yet we're looking to say who, who are we and how does that work out as we move forward together we're, we're working on this kind of uh mission statement let's turn it on then i can flick through the channels there we go you, maybe you know this already or you can read it in your own language we're we're seeking to be with god's grace a diverse church equipped to impact the community and beyond god you can let me hear you say that And if that's in your language up there, hopefully it says the same thing. Um, If not, blame Google, not not me. So um, this is what we're seeking to be. We've been looking at the key six words, diverse, church, equipped. Today, briefly, we're looking at impact and what it means to be impacted. Here we go. This is what impact looks like. Um, And uh, there you can see. Is that moving? Is that? It is moving slowly. It's like, uh, uh, it is moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. When I I watch footballers play and one of them goes down having been hit in the face with a ball and I go, you've just been hit in the face with a football, what's the matter with you? Man up. That's what's actually happening if you slow it down times a thousand. So impact means the act or the force of one thing hitting another or it means a a powerful uh, or major influence or effect. That's what impact means. When we look at the impact of the the first church after Jesus uh, ascended into heaven, he died on the cross, he was raised to life by the power of God. His, his little group of disciples that were left, just a small group, uh, they, the 12 apostles, they watched him ascend into heaven. Today, over 2.5 billion people on planet earth claim to follow Jesus. Never mind the, the, the millions upon millions down through every century and every generation from that moment when Jesus ascended until today who've been followers of Christ. I think that is impact, don't you? That is uh, the, a major influence spreading and growing to use the definition can you imagine many of you have have joined new small groups for discipleship this week that have just begun again maybe a group of 10 or 12 they that was the the 12 apostles that were around Jesus and they went from Jerusalem to Antioch to Ephesus to Rome all over the known world in one generation that's impact can you imagine the 10 or 12 in your small group Maybe maybe within the next year or two or even 10 years, we multiply. We spread to other parts of Crawley. We maybe plant a church in Hawley. I'm speculating here. I'm not saying what's going to happen. I'm just dreaming in God. Maybe planting in other towns or cities. Maybe sending groups or leaders to other parts in Europe or even the other sides of the world to plant churches. That's what happened with that first group of ordinary disciples. And the same kingdom impact is, is in our DNA. Um, and our question as we look at uh, being a people of impact is is will we continue to be such a people in our generation? It's wonderful that that there are many churches that are growing in the UK right now. And our local church here is growing. There's some other churches in Crawley that are growing too. It's a really wonderful thing. But if you look into the data, the church in the UK and in Western Europe needs another impact from disciples like you and me. Probably less than 1.5% across Northern Europe, currently a part of a living New Testament church. Uh, We believe that the UK and Europe needs to be impacted again with the good news of jesus needs to be re-evangelized for a new generation a new force is required and my question today and as we dream that the big picture stuff and this is big picture today perhaps we'll preach more about each of these words in detail uh, in the months ahead but for today we're asking the question and maybe you can nudge your neighbor will, will we be part of this kingdom impact force let me look at some scriptures I'm just going to run through these. You can take a screenshot of them on your phone if you want. We can you can look them up and read them through at home or in a small group We're around your dinner table this week. Matthew 11. Jesus is speaking about his friend, his cousin, John the Baptist, who prepared the way for him. He said, "I tell you the truth, of all who've ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist." That's quite a statement, isn't it? Uh, Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. That's people like you and me that are followers of Jesus now. Uh, And from the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. Wow, interesting verse. We'll come back to that. Again, Jesus, Matthew 16, saying to Peter, now I say that you, Peter, which means the rock, not the one you see in the movies. um, But if you want to imagine Peter that way, that's fine. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid, or some translations say, whatever you bind up on earth will be forbidden or bound up in heaven. And what you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching his disciples and teaching us, by extension, how to pray. Part of that prayer, he says, Our Father in heaven, uh, may your kingdom come soon, or may your kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. Be established here as it's established there. I love the, uh, just. these are just some headline passages to, to help you to think about kingdom impact this morning. The writer to the Hebrews is speaking about all the kingdoms of the earth around us shaking. They were in their day when they wrote the Bible. The kingdoms of the earth are still shaking today. If you've not noticed, then look at the news. But the writer to the Hebrews says, We are receiving a kingdom that is, let me hear it, unshakable. It's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so let us be thankful and please God by worshipping him with holy fear and awe for our God is a devouring or a consuming fire. I love Acts 17 as well. These disciples, they've begun to spread around the Greek and Roman world. And there's a bit of a riot with Paul and Silas. And they go to drag the disciples out of the house where they're staying. And the accusation is made. Paul and Silas, these believers who've caused trouble all over the world, are now here disturbing our city too. If anything is ever written on my gravestone, I'd love that kind of comment to be written. Uh, That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? He's come here too. And he's disturbing this city. Listen, Jesus talks about the kingdom, his kingdom, more than anything else. In Luke 4, immediately after he comes out of his temptation in the wilderness, he opens the scroll of Isaiah. He reads the old prophecy and he says that the kingdom is now opened. It's unfolded in front of you. I've come to, to, um, to open the eyes of the blind, to lift up the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted. It's Jesus' mission from the very beginning. Uh, and speaking of his kingdom, we're meaning that the rule and the of Jesus Christ that is in heaven right now, but coming to earth, spreading and growing everywhere. By kingdom we mean it's the domain of the king or the territory of the king where Jesus rules as Lord and King. That's his kingdom. We're not talking about geography, although geography matters, we're going to every nation. Uh, that's what Jesus tells us to do. But 1 Timothy 1:15. Uh, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So what does the, what's the kingdom of God mean? Every sinner that's saved, every sinner that repents and comes to Jesus, the kingdom of God comes alive in them and the kingdom of God advances. It's not about geography. It's about your life and mine wherever we are on planet Earth. Wow. And it's a mission of the kingdom to impact with the kingdom that Jesus delegates to us, his disciples. We're to pray for the kingdom to come as we are reading in those scriptures. We're to expect, as those scriptures teach us, um, to have a forceful advance and impact. We're to expect to make disciples from all nations and to all nations. We're to expect opposition, uh, what the Bible calls the from the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of Satan. We're to expect, uh, as we read in Hebrews, that we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So whatever opposition comes against us, and at times we may feel a little bit shaky, no, it can't oppose the advance of Jesus's rule and reign. His kingdom does not fall, um, but in fact it continues to impact and grow, even with opposition. We have our brothers and sisters from Iran as part of the church. They are part of an oppressive regime where Christians are imprisoned and killed right now in Iran. There are probably thousands of believers. That are in prison or being murdered for their faith in Jesus, and yet Christianity is growing fastest on planet Earth right now in Iran. Isn't that amazing? The the kingdom of our Lord and and Saviour Jesus Christ cannot be shaken. It will not be shaken. It will not be defeated. Hallelujah. And so um, this kingdom doesn't fall. It's just going to continue to spread and grow. Beloved, will we be a people that take hold of it? Um, If you you look up in a Bible Bible dictionary, um, you'll find the word impact isn't really in the Bible in the way that we're using it. But the idea of this kind of impact is everywhere in the Bible. It's, it's, It's an expectation of kingdom life. When Jesus taught his disciples, he says things like this, You'll be salt and light. Salt is an impact word. It doesn't sound very impacty, but salt preserves. Salt brings taste. Um, Light, light in darkness. We've been singing it this morning. That's an impact word. You turn the light on, the darkness goes. Jesus tells his disciples to proclaim the kingdom. He gives them authority to demonstrate the kingdom. He expects them to go and heal and cast out demons. Um, He expects his people to be a blessing wherever they go. He expects them to, to give generously. He expects the kingdom to spread bread. Um, these, are, these are impact words that we find uh, right the way through in spite of the opposition of the kingdom of darkness. And this is what we're engaged in as the church of Jesus Christ, even though the forces of hell push back against the church of Jesus. It's not an equal battle. It's not a 50-50. Will it go one way or will it go the other? Who's going to win? We can turn to the end of the book and find out. Lily read some of those verses. If you read on a bit from where Lily read in worship this morning, you'll find out exactly what's happened. From the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve gave in to sin and temptation and Satan's influence and his kingdom began to grow. But Jesus came to win back the kingdom when he he won that victory decisively on the cross when he died for our sin and when he rose again defeating sin defeating satan defeating even the greatest enemy of, of death and the kingdom of god now spreads and grows and will fill the earth until one day soon when jesus returns and the bible says he'll put everything under his feet once and for all time hallelujah actually the bible tells us satan gets to keep his kingdom but satan and his demons and, and all who've rejected jesus have their own kingdom in a place that is is outside now of the restored redeemed new heaven on earth that jesus has it's called hell and it's a terrifying place for all who've rejected christ church this is what we're engaged in when we come to church on a a Sunday. Maybe you just managed to set the alarm and get here in time today. But let me tell you, you're not just coming to church on a Sunday. You're not just trying to be a good, live a good life. You've been enlisted in the army of God to make a significant impact uh, for his kingdom in, in your life, in my life, in our generation. When I was a teenager, we used to sing a song at all our kind of teenage meetings. I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. I want to serve the purpose of God while I'm alive. Anyone else remember that old song? Yeah, there we go. It was a good song, hey? It's still our song today every time another new believer and we're going to hear from some in a moment repents turns away from their sin gives their life to jesus gets baptized in obedience to the scriptures every time that happens the kingdom of darkness is pushed back and the kingdom of jesus advances again wow i said we look briefly in that uh, matthew 11 verse oh not won't quite go there yet uh, matthew 11 was speaking about the um me just go back to it is out there now oh, There we are. it's a curious verse isn't it the the word for uh, forceful uh there um forcefully advancing uh in matthew 11 actually the root of that word is a root where we find our english word biology it, it's, it's strange isn't it they, they get forceful from it. It, it, it what it means is it gives us the idea the kingdom of god is alive it's pumping With life, it is thriving. Um, Elsewhere, Jesus—you may be familiar with this—he speaks about the kingdom of God uh, like a like a seed. A seed is full of life. You put it in the ground; it looks like it's dead. Jesus says, but it's always growing. It will it will break above the ground. It'll break through concrete. A seed, uh, and it will multiply the fruit that it produces. There are more seeds in the fruit, and so it goes on and goes on. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. In that sense, that we get in the scriptures, it's on the move. It can't be contained. It's not. John, John the Baptist, this verse tells us, it announced Jesus has come, and you get a sense in this passage, Jesus is saying, and now the kingdom of God is flexing its muscles. I don't have the muscles for it, but there are some here this morning. You can just clench up now. Hey, there we go. I see that. Yeah, there we are. A little nod there to those of you that work out at the gym. That's what the kingdom of God is doing. It's just twitching its muscles, and the kingdom of darkness must flee. Hallelujah. Jesus has come. The powers of hell are always scheming to forcefully push back against the kingdom of Jesus and his church on a mission. But I think the other side, the other way of reading this verse is that spirit-filled, forceful men and women like you and me, we, we also forcefully take up the kingdom. It's the same root. It's the same word. It can apply to those that are coming against the church through Satan and his demons, but it can also apply in this verse to those who are snatching up their authority in Jesus to carry out his call and his kingdom purpose. The kingdom will advance with... Forceful men and women like you and me, you and me, we get to take hold of it and engage in the kingdom. The kingdom does not come to the passive or the spoon-fed. When you look at the people who get impacted by kingdom life with Jesus as He proclaimed the kingdom, who are they? They're the hungry. They're the desperate. They're the broken. They're the ones that say, Jesus, if you don't move now. They're the ones that shout out in church. They're they're the ones that that, that break a hole through the roof so they can lower their paralyzed friend at the feet of Jesus. They're the blind guy that is shouting as Jesus is coming through the middle of Crawley saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And people around are a bit uncomfortable because they'd like to hear Jesus teach. But this this crazy blind guy is shouting out his name over and over again. He's so desperate. They're the woman who pushes through the crowd just to touch the hem of Jesus' robe so that power can be released from him and he can be healed. The hungry, the desperate, the annoying. These are the people that draw the kingdom of God and energetically grab the goodness of God that is available to us. And Jesus saw that all the time as people interrupted him night and day to get near to him because he's full of life. It's available now in Jesus, he says. And, and it's available now for us. Jesus is here now, today. If you need Jesus today, you can cry out to him as we pray in a moment and you can reach out in a, even in desperation and see him move in, in your life. This is who we are, church. This is what kingdom impact impact looks like as we live for the Lord here in Crawley and wherever God sends us to partner in his kingdom. Uh, let me just flick. I showed you a little sneak preview. Catherine Booth, she's one of my heroes, heroines. Um, her and her husband, William, founded the Salvation Army, uh, 1860s onward. Uh, her, her book, Well, if, if you just... It's like sucking a lemon, uh, if that phrase makes sense to you. It's, whoa, aggressive Christianity. It's, uh, it's a tough read because these guys were, were 150%. They were hardcore uh, on kingdom life. And uh, Catherine Booth puts it this way. She says, it seems to me that we come infinitely short of any right or rational idea of the aggressive spirit of the New Testament saints Satan has got Christians to accept what I may call a namby-pamby, kid-glove kind of Christianity. It's like a, like a wake-up, isn't it, to the church, of the comfortable church of the 21st century West. She goes on to say in, in her book, if you were um, just to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the Acts of the Apostles, we'll come just briefly to maybe Acts 12 in a moment. If, if you just had these to go from, um, instead of looking at the example of much of the church today... Then uh, we might have expected very different results. She says, from reading these Acts of the Apostles and from observing the spirit which animated the early disciples and from the way in which everything fell before them, we should have anticipated that 10,000 times greater results would have followed. It's a challenge for us. Salvation Army again saw hundreds of thousands saved and added from all kinds of rough backgrounds in our cities across England and then around the world within a generation. This stuff doesn't mean we're aggressive. We're not forceful in that way. Um, doesn't mean we never get to rest. We don't take time off. We don't get to relax. No, all of this. Remember, we're abiding in Jesus. We're not striving. You or I can't make His kingdom grow any more than I can make a seed grow that I put in the ground. We we don't build His kingdom. He's the one that builds His kingdom. That's good news, isn't it? He does the work. We get to take hold of what He's already doing. Kingdom seeds grow. Our responsibility is to be sensitive to what he's already doing and saying and to lean in, as Jackie was testifying this morning, to every opportunity that the Holy Spirit gives. Oh, here's another kingdom moment. Oh, I'm at a nightclub at three in the morning in Soho. Brilliant. Another kingdom opportunity. You don't have to engineer that by being muscularly aggressive in your spirituality, but you do get to say, Jesus, I'm just listening. Where are you working? What are you doing? This is impactful Christian living. Um, And there are three kinds of impact, and maybe I'll finish with this, I'll perhaps do some follow-up online or something, because I want to make sure we've got time for uh, the baptism stories this morning. Three kinds of impact that our lives could have on this generation. We're talking a lot at the moment about how does this church push on into the next generation? What would the church of, say, 2033 look like in this prophetic vision series? I just want to ask you, what impact could our lives, what impact could your life have into this next generation? If you were doing a, a kind of 2033 review with, uh, with your small group leader, um, 2033, a little review of the impact that your life is having. I, want, I wonder what you would say. And I wonder what we, what we put in the ground now that begins to change that trajectory over the next 10 years. There are probably three kinds of impact we can have in our lives. Bad impact, no impact, or kingdom impact. I don't know which one I'm going to choose. Bad impact, absolute car crash of a life. You, do you know, even if you're not living for Jesus, you have an impact on the world around you. Even more so if you say, if you profess to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, and you don't live like one, you're not obedient to living for Jesus in your life and your speech and your conduct. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I'm so glad you're with us this morning, but you also need to know your life has an impact on those around you. For you who are, those of us who are believers, this is really serious. The way I live, the the, the impact I have on my family, in my workplace, here around the church community, there's there's a danger we can have a really negative impact if we don't take seriously what it means to live for Jesus. We can so easily pollute the atmosphere around us with sin, with cynicism, with gossip, with lies, with selfishness, um, hey, we're in a sex-obsessed world. We can say we live as followers of Jesus, but, but not, um, not honor God with our bodies, either living in singleness and holiness or saving sex for a committed marriage relationship between a man and a woman. There's all kinds of ways we can pollute the world around us when we profess to be followers of Jesus, and it produces what Jesus would call bad fruit or bad impact in our lives. I just want to ask you today, I'm speaking to myself as well, what's growing in your life right now? What are the little weeds that you just see? (laughs) Just, oh, they're only small. That's fine. It's under control. Um, Whatever you see in your life right now in that regard, it will only grow unless you do serious business with God. Our next door neighbor moved out two years ago to go into a care home and the little weeds in his garden now put shade all over our garden. They've got so big. That's what your life will look like if you don't begin to truly live for Jesus. Imagine the fruit of this in your life, not just this year, next year. But in 10 years' time, well, we've gone quiet now. Do you know, what about no impact? And I wonder if maybe this is even worse for followers of Jesus. How about living a life with no risk, with no momentum, with no territory gained, with no battles won? Impact, we said the definition, dictionary definition, that football hitting the face, it requires two objects coming together with force. Many of us just back away from living for kingdom impact. Maybe we've been hurt in church life. Maybe we've, we've failed in some way as far as we measure it. Maybe we've been disappointed. All those things will be true. But some of us are in danger of going through life for Jesus and leaving no footprints whatsoever. I think that's a really sad place for disciples to live from. Um, it reminds me of the servant in the parable that Jesus spoke about. He he was given money by his master to invest so it would grow and multiply. It's a a kind of kingdom parable. But instead, what did he do? He buried it in the ground because he was afraid of his master. He was able to give it back, but he just gave back exactly what he'd been given in the first place. That's a no-impact kind of life actually, it comes for believers with judgment from God. In, in Revelation 3, Jesus describes a church that lives like this together as being a lukewarm church. He says it makes him sick. He wants to spit us out of his mouth. We're neither hot nor cold towards him and his mission. Church, don't let this be our review in 10 years time, hey? Let's make our lives count now. I, I love, there's an old John Piper book. It's only thin. You can probably find it uh, secondhand on Amazon or get it on Kindle or something, but it's called Don't Waste Your Life. It's such a provocative book for believers that are in danger of coming into this no uh, impact category let's not slip through life just getting caught up with all the cares of life for seeking success and comfort and pleasure in all the wrong places when God has made us for so much more than this and if if we know God and if we know how he sees us and if we hear him call us then we're free to live for his kingdom impact wherever he's placed us can I hear an amen please And finally, and let me just go through this very briefly, and I'll leave the rest. Kingdom impact. Uh, That's what we want to live with, don't we? There's no other impact worth measuring for a church. This is our mission. It's what we've been saved and equipped and sent for. We've been looking at the church in Antioch um, in Acts 11 and 13 over the last few weeks. I'll just do a a little 10 minutes online uh, later on today and put it online rather than go through it now so I don't take time for uh, those who are being baptised. But in the Antioch church, we see this pattern from the moment new believers are baptized. Like the guys we're going to see in a moment. This posture in the church of immediately seeing a multiplication people being born again, saved, added, people being healed, a multiplication in their generosity, um, in, in their production of new leaders who will then increase the capacity so that a church can grow and plant out into new places. This is what happens. It's in the DNA of any apostolic church, and it's in our DNA too, an impact, kingdom impact church. And And, and finally, for us, for Antioch Church, for any church, there's a focus for the impact. Impact is no good if you're just Punching the air, hey, gets you nowhere. <laughs> you just fall over, punch drunk. Impact. You have to have. You have to come against something. And we have a we have a dual focus for us uh, with our kingdom impact. It's true of the New Testament church, and it's true of us today as well. Our impact is to be here in the local community. And beyond. Beyond is deliberately vague, okay? There are no boundaries around it. There are some places we're particularly specifically called to work in right now where God is opening doors into places like Portugal, uh, Brazil, still friends we serve in Italy, uh, into other parts of the the world, uh, some Iranian doors opening up. But, But we keep beyond deliberately vague because the Lord will speak, the Lord will blow, and the Lord will send. And so for us, our kingdom impact here in Crawley increasingly in the next 10 years will be the local community and beyond. Friends, it's not one or the other. Some of us here will have we'll feel a sense of calling more to one than the other. That's absolutely fine. That's true of any normal local church. In the Antioch church, some were sent, some remained. Um, but both are the norm. And our apostolic DNA means it's true for us in Crawley as well. At the same time as training, releasing, planting, impacting with the gospel in other places, we have exactly the same kind of kingdom life and attitude and urgency and, and kind of posture of impact here, whether you're just reaching the end of your street in Crawley or whether you're one of those who's being sent to the ends of the earth. I'm going to leave it there. Why don't you stand with me for a moment? Let's just pray. Wow, someone's just airdropping me photos. Let me accept that. That's, isn't that amazing? Never used to get that when I had handwritten sermon notes. Um, the word I had this morning was brace for impact. And uh, we get to make indisi- individual decisions as Disciples. And we get to make decisions as a church together. Will we be this kind of church community? Will we set this kind of example for our new believers who are getting baptised today and others who are ready to be baptised soon? Will we begin to take some tiny steps of courage that will have a big impact over time? I'll share with you later some, some um, steps of courage questions that I want to provoke you with for Kingdom Impact Life. But right now, why don't we just pray together for a moment? You yeah, on a morning like this, we'll often say, in fact, I'm going to say it in a moment, if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, who died for your sins and rose again, died so that you can come into a relationship with your heavenly Father and be right with God, um, you're free to do that right now. We we'll often say that, but I, I just want to encourage every believer here today, just as we, we're going to participate in some baptisms in a moment, to say, Lord Jesus, I'm just giving you my life again. You don't, not because you need to, because he's that your your being born again was effective and still is effective, but it's a heart attitude that says, Lord, I want to live for you. I want to live for your kingdom. I want to serve your purposes in in this generation. Why don't you just respond to the Lord right now and say, Lord, I'm I'm giving you my life again. Forgive me where I've drifted. Forgive me where I've settled. Forgive me where I'm looking for, for comfort in all the wrong places. Forgive me where I've avoided opportunities for kingdom impact. Maybe there's some repenting to do. Maybe you're aware there's, man, there's some areas in my life where there's just been the pollution of bad impact. It's really sad, but if you're a disciple of Jesus, you can repent right now. You can go out of here free from condemnation and living with a new power from the Holy Spirit. Again, just do business with God right now. You don't need to tell anyone else about that. But you can sort that out with the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just while everyone's got their eyes closed, is there anyone here? Maybe there's just one or two, I know most here are followers of Jesus already, but there's someone here this morning that's saying, yeah, I, I need to give my life to Jesus. I've not ever made him Lord of my life. I, I've not yet repented of my sins. I said, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to put all my hope in you. I don't know any more than that yet, but I'm, I'm ready to say yes to you. Is that, just while everyone's got their eyes closed, just wave your hand if you're saying that this morning. We'd love to pray with you in, in a moment. If we're all believers in here, that's great. Or if you're not ready to, that's fantastic. I don't want to put words in your mouth. The Lord grows his kingdom. Maybe you're watching online. Send us a message if that's you. We want to pray with you and help you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for every disciple in here, Lord. Will you come now? Will you fill us with your spirit? Will you make us such a people? I thank you. We don't have to force anything. We don't have to force the pace. We don't have to do the hacker and pump ourselves up. There's none of that necessary. We just need to love you. Stay close to you. Get filled with your spirit. And just be courageous every time you give us opportunities. Lord, make us such a people, we pray in your mighty name, for the sake of your glory here in Crawley and to the nations of planet Earth. We want you to be glorified, Jesus, and so we pray in this way and we take this posture today. Amen.